Hello there, my name is Brad, and we are Grace Teaching today. Welcome here to free podcast Grace Teaching. I want to welcome you guys over to Facebook, if you're over there anyway. We are Quality of Life Grace Teaching Ministries. That's Grace Teaching free on Facebook. So come on over to Quality of Life New Covenant Ministries, and that's there available for you as well. Right here, though. We're talking about power in quitting. Did you know that? Did you know there's power in quitting? You know, we lived, uh, my wife and I, we quit everything before Christ. We would quit everything. Whenever it would get hard, we would just quit and walk away and say, you know what, I'm going to the bar. And that's just the way we lived. We were not good at handling pressure. And so pressure causes people to quit. And so what we're going to talk about here, the encouragement that we have, is that when you mentally quit, God's power steps in. We're going to explain that a little bit. And so we don't have to physically quit everything today. You know, a lot of times marriage gets tough. There gets to be a little pressure in the marriage and and then people are quitting in the marriage. We have people quitting jobs. Too much pressure. I quit. You know, and it's sad, but when we look at what grace really is, grace is power to do for us what we can never do for ourselves. Okay, and so I want to give you a little testimony to share with you. I was actually working at a place called Arrowhead Country Club in Arizona there. And I was delivering ice to the, uh, you know, just running. Uh, I had my own little golf cart, and I would do little jobs around there. I'd work probably seven hours a day. And, um, you know, I was just extremely lazy. I was extremely lazy. In fact, I was so lazy, not only did my boss notice it, but I noticed it. And so I got to a place in this job where... I just found another job, and it was actually helping kids, and uh, I thought that would be a kind of a, a different, you know, a nice little change of actually helping children, and uh, it was actually working uh, as a grade K school teacher assistant, and uh, so that's what I applied for. I actually went in to apply for a bus driving job, but they actually gave me a job working as a grade K teacher for 16 grade K kids in the preschool setting. If you could just imagine what that would be like, that was uh, quite the experience to say the least. But before we go there, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the two-week notice I gave at the uh, Arrowhead Country Club. I gave my two-week notice. I was lazy and I just didn't really like what I was doing there anymore. And, and so I decided to put in my two weeks notice and that's what I did. And on uh, that, that last two weeks working for that job, there was power perfected through my weakness. I was not lazy anymore. For the last two weeks of that job I had at Arrowhead Country Club, I was not lazy. And I knew that was God's grace doing for me what I could never do for myself. I like this uh, old covenant in Isaiah 40, verse 31. This is the prophet Isaiah where he writes, and he says, Those who hope 
in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, I, I looked at three different translations and I, I got a different, a little different in each one. First, first one was those who hope in the Lord. Second one, those who trust in the Lord and those who wait on the Lord. You see the dependence on the, on the Lord there for his strength to do what we can never do for ourselves. A lot of times we need this hope. We need this hope. We need somebody to tell us and give us the truth that it's okay to be weak. It's okay to give up. Not physically, but mentally. You know, something the Lord loves to hear is I can't do this. He steps in and says, I am. There's nothing for me. He can do this. See, where our, when our strength runs out, God's strength begins. That's when he does his best work in and through us. Remember, Jesus died for us so he could give his life to us, folks, so he could live his life through us. So he's planning on living his life through us, but a lot of times it's through our weakness. See, as a kid growing up, I was weak in every area of life. I had, I, was, I thought it was a curse to be weak. I was a failure at everything I tried to do. I finally found baseball and could manage to do that pretty good. But, you know, I struggled in life growing up as a kid before Christ. And so I thought it was just a curse to be weak and to struggle. But as I read scripture... Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. God's chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things are not to bring to nothing the things that are. You know, all the religious spirits out there are like, What? God's chosen the foolish and the weak things, meaning people? Yes, he's chosen weakness to work through, you see. It's when we get to that place in our life, you know, a lot of us have a testimony where we've just said to the Lord, saying, Lord, I just can't do this. I just can't do this. You know, we've all been there in the Christian life. But don't stop there because with the measure of repentance comes dependence. When we can't do it, our dependence shifts over to Christ and he can do anything. There's nothing he can't do. We just let the measure of our repentance push us over to the dependence on the Lord. See, if I can't do it, my focus should automatically go over to the Lord to do for me what I could never do for myself. I like what Paul said in his second letter to the Corinthians, he says, if I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. How many of us actually do that? How many of us just boast about our weaknesses, the things that show how weak we are? It's not a very common practice in the religious world today. Remember, there are no strong men there are only weak men who have a strong God. Remember the Apostle Paul, when he was Saul, he was a strong, self-sufficient, self-reliant person, like most of us were, until Christ introduced himself to him. 
and then he became Paul, which means very small. You know, the Apostle Paul was lowered in a basket out of his own city. What do you suppose the Lord was teaching Paul at this time in his life? Maybe humility. You know, humble is just dependence on the Lord. Pride would be the opposite of that. It would be independent or self-reliant. So humble is not being broke. It's just being available for Christ. See, I believe the, the Apostle, I believe the Lord was allowing the Apostle Paul to be lowered in a basket to teach him that his pride and his self-righteousness and trust in his own self-reliance was going to be dismissed. In fact, Paul talks about his hardships, and you can read about this on your own if you'd like. You know, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 through 28. That's Paul's hardships. So he talks about being whipped without number. He's faced death again and again. Three times he says he was beaten with rods and he was shipwrecked and he spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea, traveled many journeys, faced many dangers, you know. He had enemies at every corner and every city and every, every place he went. And so he faced danger from men, even from men that claimed to be believers but we're not. Like, you know, we wolves in sheep's clothing. He, he endured many nights of, of not being able to sleep. He went hungry, he went thirsty, went without food, shivered in the cold, didn't have enough clothing to wear. And then on top of it, he had the burden of the, and concern for the churches. Remember the Galatians were... Uh, where uh, their flesh was religious and the Corinthians, of course, their flesh was rebellious. So he wanted both of them to get back over to trusting Christ and dependence on him. And so as Paul goes through these sufferings and these struggles, he says to the Lord, you know, the Lord, and, he, and this uh, at this time he's pleading with the Lord to take away the messenger of Satan. And the messenger of Satan, we believe, was attacking his mind at night when he was asleep. And it was per maybe perhaps the, all the people, all the Christian brothers and sisters that he had persecuted before Christ um, when he was Saul. And so that was torment in him, and he asked the Lord to take it away. Three times he pleaded with the Lord to take it away, and the Lord says, No, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My power is perfected through weakness. And so that means it's enough. Grace is enough. And so what the, uh, the Lord was teaching the Apostle Paul there was you, it's okay to boast about your weaknesses, you see. And so as he would boast about his weaknesses, he got excited about that. It's found in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 10. He says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. He says, When I am weak, then I am strong. You see? And so the hope we have, power in quitting, yes, there is power in quitting, folks. Not physically, but mentally, spiritually. Quit and let the Lord take over today and watch what he does. 
it'll, be, it'll surprise you. Ephesians 3.20 tells us, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Thank you and God bless.